0: This is a quick disclaimer. Although The Wise Investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hello everyone, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School, presented by The Wise Investor Team. Making Canadians more financially literate, one post at a time. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School. Today we have a special guest with us today. I've known Mark here for how long now? Like since right. high school? Yeah, like 10 years. 10 years, and we've gone in pretty close over the last like two years or so. More than that. Yeah. And, um... We usually on the on the podcast talk with people that are finance people. We've had some entrepreneurs on the podcast, and um, I couldn't say it's better timing considering what happened this weekend with Colby, R.I.P. But uh, to have a comedian on the show today, talk a little bit about what it's like to make it in the comedy world in Canada, what the comedy world is like, and the comedy business is like, especially here in Canada, and. Um, We'll kind of see where it goes with that. Yeah. Before we get started, a word from our sponsors, King Street Media. They do all of the content creation for the Wise Investor podcast. Big ups to them. They've been doing our social media for like two years now. If you're looking to take your company to the next level with online marketing, check out at King Street Media. (laughs) Yes. All right. (laughs) Man, thanks for coming on today. Yeah,
1: man, thanks for having me. I appreciate this it. This is
0: episode number 25. 25. Thanks, Ooh, Stefano. Yeah.
1: Quarter of a century.
0: Quarter of a century. We just yeah. keep chugging along here. People think that we're going to die and just stop recording, but my thing is is like I'm just going to keep going. Who thinks that? Keep going until my lungs and my throat doesn't work anymore. Yeah. I was actually looking back on uh Joe Rogan's old podcasts from like his like 75th episode and it was shit
1: what is he at like 700 1500 oh really like
0: over 1500 jeez so uh, i look back on his 75th one and it was horrible so i'm like well if joe rogan's 75th podcast was horrible then if my 25th is like his first i'm okay it's true i'm just gonna keep going until like eventually these podcasts are gonna be superb you know yeah but this
1: podcast is gonna be incredible so i don't know
0: I agree. It's, I mean, just, it's just a matter of time before it actually gets going.
1: I borderline felt unworthy to be here. Well, we're happy that you are <laughs>
0: here, so thank you very much. Thank Why don't you, you tell the people who don't know who you are what you do,
1: what's your story? Sure, yeah. My name is Mark Anthony synagogue I'm a stand-up comedian here in Toronto. Uh, got a little company called Funny Man Inc., where I produce live shows across the country. I'm trying to make it, you know, trying to build a little bit of an infrastructure for myself, for other comics, and trying to keep the last going
0: was there something that uh somebody or someone or something that happened in your life that made you want to be a stand-up comedy a co- comic because like when i think about that who would want to put themselves under that pressure of sitting in front of people and trying to make them laugh
1: right honestly it's going to sound so cliche but like it's not almost like it chooses you like i know that sounds insane sure but like, i would have never gone into stand-up like my whole thing was like I was really gravitated to like uh, Jim Carrey, Chris Farley, like more of the comedic acting stuff Mm -hmm. and the sketch stuff. And then uh, I went to Humber College there. They do comedy writing and performance program. Really? I know it's hilarious. Clown college, I call it. (laughs) Or my my uncle calls it, whatever. (laughs) So I went there and uh, they make you do everything like radio. You know, they dip your toes in every little pool that you can be in. And then as soon as I did stand up, I was like, damn like this is it you know as, well, as I was got was stage, like you just felt like you were in the right place yeah like i got off stage after the first set and i was like finally i found what i gotta do like it was insane wow i, I completely blacked out i don't remember any of it <laughs> but i have the tape and i just remember crashing. and i was like this is amazing
0: well most you know, people most most people when you think about like becoming a uh, comic or whatever what's it called comedian comedian comic yeah Uh, being a comedian you go to like new york city or like hollywood Mm -hmm. la you know like i went to the comedy store in west hollywood and it was just absolutely hilarious but it was big time name comics comedians there right so um what made you not want to like run away to hollywood and try and make
1: it big Honestly, man, like the idea is always still there. Like that always still tempts me to do it. Mm -hmm. But every time I go to these places and I talk to, uh, you know, any comic that's of a name or making a name for themselves, the way they talk about it in New York or LA, they're always just telling you that, you know, the landscape has changed significantly since uh, the days of having to leave and go there. Not saying that you shouldn't go and do it, but there's just because of social media and technology, like you don't necessarily have to move. You can really build your audience online and a lot of those guys are starting to do that they'll try and build their audience then hit the road and capitalize when they're on the road in their little audience demographics and stuff and i see you know there's not really like a you got your late night set now you got your sitcom now you're ray romano or I guess, jerry seinfeld or whoever right? i guess that's
0: like the traditional way of doing it like you yeah.
1: grind in like
0: comedy clubs and like bars and stuff yeah. and then eventually you get your big gig or something and you kill yeah. it how is social media and like being online because most like viners and stuff like the modern day comics, mm, um, yeah. they get their start on like social media and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing right now? What's your, what's the grind of being a
1: comedian in Toronto right now for me, my focus, like I ever since I went to, like, I tried all those places. Like I went to go test it out, see if my material works there. Like a lot of Canadians, they'll, they'll go to the UK, Australia, new york or la and it'll be one of those spots that they'll they'll move to and i i tried it out everywhere except australia my stuff works and i'm like you know what uh they're just oversaturated, like beyond belief i'm like toronto and canada aren't that saturated and there's so many funny people that's when i kind of started shifting the business route of it being like if i can build a little bit more of an infrastructure i'll definitely start working myself so i'll get sharper and then you know seeing how instagram and social media changed the game i'm like i can use that to build my personal audience and then mm-hmm. kind of doing uh best of both worlds you know what i mean yeah. right so so do
0: you post a lot on the social media
1: i try to i what's mean your, like,
0: what's your instagram for people to be able to follow you
1: at not mark anthony at not mark right anthony. it's ironic um yeah i mean i don't post as much as i should like you could always be posting more i feel like uh, you know, Gary Vee says content is king, you know, five times a day or whatever. Right. Um, and there's definitely no harm in that. It's uh, finding easier
0: th- said than done. Yeah,
1: for sure. And like, I think the biggest challenge for me over the years was I would make something and not want to post it because I'm like, oh, this isn't funny. And, you know, I would just talk myself out of it. Hmm. Right. And then you listen to Gary Vee, he's like, just fucking post. Right. And he's always just like, put it out there, put it out there. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm starting to do that and it's beneficial. And I'm like, damn, I've been... what
0: made you what made you not do that you see a lot of people they're they're
1: afraid or
0: over Mm self-conscious in order to post online like yeah and then standing up in front of a room and trying to make
1: them laugh you probably are the king of getting over that i mean yeah but like i don't know what it is like online is a little bit different like you're you have the access to millions of people you know what i mean like anybody can see your video online where like in on stage is different like you there's an audience there you know that when you leave no one's remembering your name if you're lucky they will great you know what i mean like it's a little bit different you get that instant gratification you feel it they feel it and then it's done whereas like you can watch my video a million times and, and i like, can deal with nitpick nitpicking they got the ability to pause and rewind you yeah know? and they can i can s- see that send you hate mail and which i've gotten That's cheers yeah. but you got some love mail too yeah right some love mail some titty shots <laughs> What is this supposed to be a clean podcast? No, it's it's eighteen plus. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Sorry. some girls are nuts. They just send you shit. You're like, okay, wasn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: All right. So, um, I got a bunch of things to ask you. Sure. About. Yeah. Uh, Let's do it. So recently, you saw the whole Dave Chappelle honor that he received, whatever it was.
1: What, uh, what was that? At the Mark Twain no, Award. We, Mark Twain it. Award. How yeah. does that
0: have to do with Mark Twain?
1: Uh, well, Mark Twain is considered like a humorist, if you will. Really? I yeah. didn't actually know that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. he, he's kind of coined and, and a lot of ideas and theories of humor and how it all works and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of his books, a lot of comics read and kind of like, thank him for being true. You know, well, so. I
0: watched him at the Mark Twain awards and he was like saying how and it's funny because I see this, a similar line towards mastery and we talk about mastery on the podcast a lot like it doesn't really matter what you do if you master a craft you can make it like financially in that in that world no matter what you do it just takes time Mm. and like Stefan and i talk about the beatles and how um you know it's their classic story that they played every single night Mm. at bars and clubs over like a six month period of time and apparently that's where they got to their ten thousand hour rule right get becoming a masters of their craft and there's stories of dave chappelle at like 16 or 17 years old doing shows in comedy clubs lying about his age in order to like hone that craft you know so um when did you start taking it seriously and start practicing i'd love to get into your head on the whole like how do you create your your bits mm-hmm. and like your what do you call it bits? like yeah bits, material jokes, premises things yeah. Like that. how do you how did you learn how to do that how do you now do it and how, do you pra- how did you practice when you were growing
1: up? Um, growing up or like starting out? Starting out. Starting out, I mean, no one tells you how to do it, right? And there's so many different approaches. And because it's, like a, it's a creative uh, art form, if you will, no one, like they'll tell you that any way is the right way. There's no wrong way of doing anything. So for me, what I started doing, I always thought for a long time that you had to have a different set every time you performed. Mm -hmm. So for like the first three years, every time I did comedy, I was doing different stuff. And then you start to realize that comedy clubs and like the way the, uh, the infrastructure of comedy works is like, you need a tight five or like your showcase seven minutes and you know, your best 10 and 15, like it's all about time lengths. Right. And I didn't know that. And I was like, fuck, I should have been working on five minutes for the past five years. Like nailing
0: a perfect five. Yeah. Like
1: getting that perfect. I'm just doing that five minutes over and over again, everywhere as much as you can, where I was doing like. Uh, you know, tens, different fives, different tens all the time. Mm. And then I started hosting my own show up in Richmond Hill. I felt like it would give me a little bit more clout notoriety. Like I can, you know, bring comedians on that I respect and like, show them that I do this now, put money in their pocket, use it as a bargaining chip, that kind of thing. Right. Right. And Smart. as I, yeah. And as I was doing that, I, I was hosting the shows and I'm like, well shit to host, like you need about 20 minutes. So I was just every month just writing a new 20 minutes. Mm. So now I have all this material but none of it's solid, you know what I mean? So like after a certain point, I was like, okay, shit. let me." I guess that
0: could kind of been a good thing when you're starting out. Yeah,
1: there's definitely pros and cons for sure. So now I kind of, I take that and you know, you you choose what you love and then you start working on them and turn them into, let's call them A material, if you will, and endless C material. The way I come up with bits, I mean, is just random, like.
0: What was your, uh, like just when you're like observing people and you make up bits what's your what's your style what's your style of like comedy italian yeah uh you say
1: well i mean yeah like i would say uh if i were to mix two comedians i i uh, i would say very similar to like uh sebastian and russell peters and kevin hart where it's like a lot of accents and stories and family stuff and you know all very lighthearted stuff like i'm not political i don't dive into anything too too serious Mm -hmm. i i can't do that stuff i don't know why but like i just do what comes and works i just tell stories from a lot of like exaggeration yeah exaggerate some stuff
0: mark and i both went to a show a couple months ago or last month where uh he goes back and forth between himself and his uh grandmother mm -hmm. is is that character based off of your actual grandmother or just yeah.
1: grandmothers in the zeitgeist of the world well it's funny that you say that in the zeitgeist of the world because i i used to do my nonna's actual accent yeah which doesn't sound italian at all let's hear it um <laughs> yeah hold on i gotta get like a trigger word for it like she'd be like what the hell is the matter with you you don't sound like this you don't do that why you do jokes like it's not <laughs> italian at all but and that's exactly how she sounds and i would do it and it wouldn't work very well Cause I'm like, oh, my Italian grandmother. Then you think I'm an Italian grandmother, and then I sound like some weird '60s like news anchor. Like you're like, what is you know? (laughs) So then I started doing like an actual Italian uh, grandmother accent, and people love it. All right, let's hear it. Right? Let's hear the grandmother.
0: Uh, Tell Stefano to come for pasta. Tell Stefano to come.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to think of the one I do on stage like you know you remember the nonna maria one yeah they of course all, yeah they'd be like come on you gotta do this you gotta do that like that whole thing and <laughs> then uh my name is right. like "Vijay, do you want a cup of coffee yeah. <laughs> and she's like so innocent <laughs> yeah, she's so nice <laughs> Do you want a little cup of coffee? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how can I say no? <laughs> yeah. She's like whispering in your ear. No, whispering time You want a cup of coffee? No, she doesn't whisper in my ear. But. <laughs> no, that's funny. But the way it's coming in my headphones, you're yeah, like, yeah. you want a cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. kind of
0: like modeled that character off of your grandmother. Yeah, what'd I. What'd you say?
1: Yeah, like the the personality and the stories come from both. And now I'm having a bigger struggle because I have stories from both grandmothers, and there's a lot of stories where like they started to meet and both come to Christmas and argue. <laughs> so I want to do both, but like you know, the the audience like to handle two nonnas at once. They're like, "What do we do with this? It's too much." You <laughs> are know, they, I, mean? are they I they didn't both- even know what a nunna was before this, so yeah. now we're getting <laughs> yeah, exactly. two thrown at us. Are are uh, they both still alive? Uh, one passed away last year. Mm. Um, races, yeah. I know. Thank you, but just she was a nightmare like that's not me is it no, no i turned up yeah she's just insane like she would just roast everybody
0: did you did you ever bring her to a show
1: not that actually she came front row once yeah and i had no idea really and she's sitting there how front, old was she like like 76 and i'm like Jeez. what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> like, i couldn't believe like i don't know why she came and it was a theater show that i did like in the middle of nowhere and like she showed up and her and my grandfather are front row yeah and i spent like a minute being like why are you guys here like who brought you here how did you find out about it was nice and fun. right and she hated it she's just like i don't know why you do this <laughs> yeah. my other nonna came and heckled me in front of fucking <laughs> like 150 people
0: hey uh, do you remember your first show that you did in front of a crowd mm, yeah where
1: was it yuck yucks toronto
0: yuck yucks toronto that's actually like
1: yeah down the street yeah
0: seriously like but also not only just down the street but also like
1: like Louis CK had like, like a the place. That's like the a place to get a sh- to get a shtick. No, yeah. the birthplace of stand up comedy. So how
0: old were you okay. at that time?
1: Uh, and Bruno's. how did you get? And how did you get an opportunity to go there? That was through Humber. Like that was like ah. one of our assignments. Like you have to do this, and they had an affiliation with Humber For And Yuck sure. Yucks. and they like blocked off uh, one of the amateur nights, and you yeah. have to go and do your seven minutes in front of a real audience and stuff. And so, how did it go? It went great, man. Like I still have the, the, it's on YouTube and it's terrible, but I keep it there for myself. You know what I mean? And I keep watching it and I'm like, that was so bad, but I did so well. You know what I mean? So everyone was laughing. Everyone was,
0: I guess that's the key indicator for if you did a good job, if everyone's laughing.
1: For sure. Yeah. Even if they're laughing for the wrong reasons, you're like, doesn't matter.
0: Do you remember the first time that you went up and you bombed?
1: Yeah. It was the set right after that one. Really? It was was my second set. Can you tell us a
0: little bit about that?
1: What was that like? Yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely brutal. I felt like shit for like three months um, because the times between sets in my first year were like month or two at a time because uh, you were only doing it because the school told you to do it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I did a joke about uh, my African science teacher Oof. in high school, okay, and he was Nigerian. So I spent the whole five minutes talking about the difference between a Nigerian and a. Ghanaian like someone from Ghana because he would just shred every other African country and I thought it was hilarious but his voice is all fucked up not (laughs) fucked up that was just his voice you know what I mean and no one everyone's like no one knows people just think Africans are Africans like I'll never forget after the show everyone's like well you're sitting here trying to tell us the difference between Africans like Africans just African I'm like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard I'm like there's hundreds of different kinds of Africans not hundreds but whatever you know what I mean (laughs) and I'm you know they're like well we didn't It just didn't hit. I'm like, to this day, I have no idea why it didn't work. I still think it's hilarious. Yeah. And maybe just the wrong audience. Yeah.
0: How do you you tiptoe around that? Like, how do you know when you go, is there such thing as going too far
1: in comedy? I don't think so. I mean, I always feel like if it's, if you can make it funny, you know, higher risk, higher reward, right? Like the, the more taboo the topic. If you can make it funny, like then you're just the king, right? That's why Louis Man. CK is just and like, Chappelle to his last special, like he went far. Yeah. And he won because he got the Mark Twain award. He's won everything about it. Sure. He had a few upset bloggers, but like, you know, he's talking about some touchy subjects and he's making us all die laughing. Right. It's like, if you can do that, then you've mastered...
0: When I went to the comedy store, there was Chris D'Elia there, and he was talking about, like, raping baby dolphins. Yeah, is hilarious. Well, the crowd was like, (laughs) half the crowd was like absolutely shocked like yeah. jaw open like what the fuck yeah and then the other half is just dying of laughter <laughs> yeah, yeah and even i was like Pfft. like i'm a pretty open-minded guy but i'm like that's a little like i don't know yeah, like, like, that, that takes some balls yeah to be making and jokes that, about that's that what i
1: mean that's him working that out because if he can y- even just using the word rape you know what i mean right. on stage you use that Half the room just just goes, once, just when I said when I
0: just said that word on the podcast, all I'm going to hear is my mom in like three weeks from now being like, Anthony, yeah. you can't use the word rape. You son of a bitch. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't sound like that. She kind of sounds like She's that. A
1: what are you talking about on the podcast? <laughs> You're a bitch. She, yeah
0: talking about rape <laughs> let's just segue over to uh a wise
1: investor another
0: thing that you that you do as well is emceeing mm. yes okay mm. i emceed a wedding once in my life mm-hmm. nerve-wracking i did it for a friend of mine mm-hmm. not a professional at all mm-hmm. but uh you do a lot of emceeing for functions weddings yeah. that kind of thing yeah and how did how did you get into that i guess that's like a natural second thing to do
1: yeah well in, in comedy right you kind of have a bunch of Positions, but I'd say the two major ones are headliner and MC Mm -hmm. and they're probably the more important ones or even emceeing any event, right? Uh, the MC is important and in comedy, you, 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 as you climb the ladder before you hit headliner in Canada, anyways, MC is right before then. So Mm -hmm. it's just a skill you end up doing. And if you can do it in a comedy club, I mean, it's going to be good anywhere else. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, um, that's why I kind of started, I, I started to notice there's other ways of making money by emceeing, whether it is corporate events or weddings and stuff like that. And so I've been doing more and more and you're just like, wow, compared to a comedy club, like you don't need to make them laugh. If you do, you're like the king, right? So it's just like, and then mm. comedy clubs are near emceeing, you have to make them laugh. So it's like, if I can make announcements, slot in jokes, make you laugh at the same time, it's like, they just view you as this like superhuman. I guess
0: I could see why that's a great skill to have. Exactly, to like right. have it in your repertoire, you know? Yeah that's a great question that i'm sure
1: a lot of people want to ask mm-hmm.
0: how do comedians make money
1: we don't <laughs> that's why i'm on here that's why we became friends because i'm like how do i make more money um yeah. <laughs> but how do they seriously like- oh no, yeah seriously it's the the way to make big money obviously is through the corporates right all the the corporate stuff corporate events christmas parties uh, seminars workshops all that kind of deal okay um Cruise Ships is another big one.
0: Okay. Netflix specials.
1: Netflix specials. Yeah. This is if you're not massive. If you're massive, you don't even need to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Um, The comedy club circuit and just one-off gigs and freelancing, if that's a term for comedy, which comedians, if they're listening, they're going to be like, this guy's an idiot. But um, Why? Well, because you don't say freelancing. They're just like one-off gigs. You know what I mean? God, you call Um, it a gig. It it
0: reminds me a little bit of like being like a... um, when a couple weeks ago the episode's coming out like really soon mm-hmm. um we had frank moyo on on mm-hmm. and he's a uh, guitarist musician i feel like it's kind of similar you know like it's very there's similar. this like people that don't make any money nobody in between and then people that make a lot of money it's true yeah and there's no there's there's no like oh, I'm, I'm like um, i'm making 60k from, from yeah being an yeah artist. it's like, either it's
1: a- over 200. Or it's below 30, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a bunch of people in between, but um, it's very, that comes with merch sales and like other things that you're doing to constantly build up the revenue and stuff. Hmm. But yeah, Yeah. I'd say it's comedy club circuit, corporates, (laughs) road work. Show business is a racket. Show business is a racket.
0: Show business is a racket. What's been the biggest challenge that you face uh, like growing as a comedian and especially in Canada?
1: balancing the work and the craft is probably my biggest challenge
0: the work and the craft when i say sorry
1: balancing the craft and the business Mm -hmm. you know because every comedian has to be their own manager uh, and business person and a lot of people suck at it and even if you don't um running a comedy business or even treating yourself like a business It's hard to do. A lot of people don't wanna ask for certain amounts of money because they either feel they don't deserve it or aren't worth it or whatnot. So like being your own manager for the first X amount of years is a nightmare because at the same time, you're like, okay, I have to spend all day booking myself or I'm not gonna get money. But at the same time, you're like, shit, I gotta write new jokes or these jokes have to be ready. So when I do get that $5,000 gig or whatever, it's gonna work. Man, that is a,
0: that is actual, that is an actual universal problem. Like. Stefano and I talk about, it's like, uh, well, if you're a really good financial planner, Mm. you're the, let's say you're the best financial planner in the world, but you suck at like sales and marketing, right? Then on the other end, there's a guy that's the worst financial planner in the world, Mm. but he's really good at sales and marketing. Who's going to be more successful? Right. So it's like unfortunate that that's the case. And it's so hard to balance both. Like how are you supposed to become like the absolute best at your craft? When you're also trying to build the business on the side too, that's why yeah. Steve Jobs always said that there needs to be somebody who makes the product or makes this does the service mm-hmm. and someone who sells the service or product. Yeah, and that like beautiful partnership has been—it's really hard to do, but if you can get it, that's what kind of where the mm-hmm. magic happens. And have you ever thought about partnering with someone before? Or
1: yes, the only thing is—I mean, you've talked about this a bunch—is showing a comedy business on paper is almost like a restaurant. You know, it's like the numbers don't, there's no money to be made here. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how come I can show you the paperwork for a failing business and you're Mm going to be like, I'm not going to put my money in this. Like I'd have better luck putting it in anything else, you know? So you, to find the person who actually believes and is willing to dump some money into it, and then on top of that, put in a shit ton of work to actually run the business side of things because no comedian wants to, you know what I mean, even myself, I don't really want to run the business side, but I don't have a choice or I won't get worked Mm because there's. In Canada, there's so much, uh, there's so many comedians, so many funny guys, and sorry, so many funny people, and just no work, like not enough, you know, there's only so many people.
0: Why do you think that is? Just because Canada's population is smaller?
1: Yeah, the population and where it is, and like, you know, I feel like, let's just take um, Halifax, for example, or any big major city. In those cities there's no paid work like in toronto the paid work is very scarce there's a thousand shows but you're not making a living doing the shows that are here because the people coming through are massive the population's huge you know what i mean why am i going to pay to see you over here when tomorrow you're going to be at that shitty bar doing it for free hmm. whatever right so- or online or online see that's yeah. the other thing like these days right people don't don't they like you don't even have to go out anymore to experience comedy because they can just go on your social yep. and see all your jokes. Yeah. So do you think that's like a small issue? Like people not even going out and spending the money because they can they have it in their hands. Yeah. Today. I, Same
0: as the music industry too. They yeah. want like how do musicians make money nowadays? It's not through album sales and stuff.
1: Yeah. I honestly I feel like that's kind of shifting back in favor of the live performance because I do feel like the, I was just thinking that, yeah. Yeah, the cameras people haven't... People want that experience. Yeah, and the cameras haven't replaced that live feeling or energy, whatever it is that happens, haven't been able to recreate that. Once they do, we're fucked. But, you know, uh, you'll that's be, the you'll VR... Be, you'll be, you know? I was just thinking, that's when VR, you're going to be in a VR suit. <laughs> yeah, VR will... F- yeah, and dude, a lot of my buddies are filming their comedy specials in virtual reality, which hmm. I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, as soon as this... Seems like a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but like, then you can put on a headset and you're in the comedy club. You know what and I that's mean? Cool. That's and cool. It, and it's super cool, but you still don't get the same, you know, it's not, not the in the room. Yeah. You're not in the room. You don't get that same energy feeling, but, um, that's, uh, I forget the reason why we were talking about that. Well,
0: we're Once. just saying how it's tough to make money.
1: Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's tough to make money.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? it's not, that's like yeah. the zero sum game of being an artist. You know, yeah, it's like, you're either the absolute best and you're in the top 1% and then yeah. everybody else. It's yeah. just tough. But that's the same as entrepreneurship too, not as hard, but maybe, you know, the whole thing that nine out of 10 businesses fail in the first five years. Yeah, That's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing for sure. And for comedy, it's probably like 99 out of a hundred comics fail in the first five years.
1: Oh, for sure. Like the people that I started out with at Humber, I think there's like three of us that are still doing it now. So
0: question is, is why? Why do you keep going at it? What keeps you going For me, it's like, I'm sure you battle a, that. I'm sure you battle that existential crisis like every other day. Like I should fucking just quit. No, no. Well, I mean, this. my dad no, 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 does. That.
1: My dad goes, I wish you would just fucking quit this shit. Um, <laughs> because he's just like, you'd be so much better of a salesman. He's like, you talk to people. He's like the amount of money you would make as a real sale. Well, there are
0: transferable skills of being a comedian For sure. in other realms. For right? sure.
1: Um, it's just especially in sales.
0: But serious question yeah. is why? what well, keeps you going it's,
1: it's honestly that first gig like there's nothing i've done and i've tried to do everything in my mind not everything but you know it's like when you're a kid or baby you're like let them try everything whatever they gravitate to you do mm-hmm. so there's nothing i've done that when the first time i did it i'm like you know this is what i'm doing so stand up like as soon as i did it i was like okay well i'm doing this for the rest of my life now we're locked in you know and i've kind of just all eggs in one basket sort of. i thing. respect that man yeah, i appreciate it yeah you really do because you have to be that crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. People tell me all the time, my nonna every day, she's like, you fucking crazy. Between <laughs> out there, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> don't you want a family? I love that. Like, I can't, don't you want a family? I'm like, I'm going to have one. She's like, not like this. How are you going to pay for people to do anything? I'm like, all right. <laughs> <Very crazy. laughs> my
0: grandmother just gives me shit about not dating anybody. At least you got that going. True. For you. Yeah, my, yeah. My grandmother sits me down and is just like, she comes up really close to me at the last family function and my mom left me alone with my grandmother.
1: Oh yeah. And she
0: like scoots like X, she's like scooting closer and closer towards me. And then she just like leans over and she's like, Anthony, (laughs) like, are you dating anybody right now? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's like, well, you know, uh, what's wrong? You can't just go get a nice Italian girl. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen eventually. Nanda. Like I can't say it's going to be an Italian woman, but like, you know, it's going to happen eventually. She goes, You know I don't have too much longer and she's like 80 something and she's just like looking me in the eyes dead face like I don't know how much longer I'm going to live and I want to see your wedding and I'm just like. (laughs) holy fuck <laughs> Brother, that is the biggest guilt trip yeah, yeah. that you could possibly give yeah. your grandson Wait. well you know Rosalina's granddaughter
1: she's yeah. 14 now and you're like okay I actually her. have a cousin named Rosalina oh for sure Yeah, that's how they do everything you know, like my friend's granddaughter is 12 you know she'll be ready soon and you're like this isn't medieval times <laughs> where the king's 15 and you know they're selling off women like cattle like that's insane not that they do that but i so. please edit that out but uh, <laughs> we're keeping it up. we're yeah. keeping it out for but, you know, back to that like that never ends like me and my brother were arguing about that he's like at least you have it going on i'm like no because then it's like when you having kids when, when i was like hmm. it's still like well when i was your age i had a house three pieces of land and 12 kids and you're like and six cows yeah and six cows and three chickens and we were self-sustainable and i'm like
0: i don't you're getting you're getting married soon though yeah
1: yeah october yeah congrats congrats, congrats thank man. you.
0: i haven't got my invite yet but whatever i know <laughs> so the dates haven't gone out yet i'm getting
1: yelled at about that every day
0: congratulations thank though. you that's superb um do you remember like is there because for for me i and for a lot of people that i that i interview they have kind of like one thing that sticks out to them growing up that kind of like made them want to do something and i asked that about you but is there one comedian that has a joke that you'll always remember as like one that stands out as epic like when
1: i was watching it
0: anything in general just like is there one comedian where like that joke is the king of jokes or or just you can't get it out of your head
1: yeah there's lots there's lots um can you give us one sure uh does it have to be stand-up no I can probably give you one for each, but there's um, Jim Carrey in uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> First of all, three all, days ago, <laughs> dude. All of Liar Liar, I think, is one of the best movies of all time. Uh, but in in Dumb and Dumber, at the end, when he's like, when they're like, "Is there anywhere where we can go and we're looking for two boys or whatever?" He's like, "There's a town that way." Yeah. Have you realized what you've done? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. town is that way. <laughs> yeah dude that, that rips me, me apart like i watch that every time and just laugh to tears i'm like this whoever wrote this is a fucking genius <laughs> And in Spaceballs, too, that's probably one of my oh, top man. five. Oh man, Spaceballs
0: is one of my, one of my top five or ten. Oh. When they're combing
1: the desert, yeah. and the guy with the smoke comb- going, <laughs> We found shit. And they have the small yeah. one. Oh my it's God. Weird. When he does, uh, when he's like the combination on his luggage, where he's like, One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, it's like, That's the same combination <laughs> on my luggage. I'm like, Dude, this is, it's hilarious. What's that guy's name again? Mel Brooks. That guy is a legend. Yeah, Mel Brooks. He's the man.
0: And then another another top five one for me for a comedy movie is
1: oh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, that one. Is I a, I don't love that any of the Monty Python stuff. I don't know why.
0: I didn't no. like any of the other ones. Like apparently, Airplane or whatever is supposed to be like mm. the fun Airplane's top five. Hilarious. Apparently, supposed to funny. be the top five funniest ones. I could like on IMDb or whatever. I could not get into it, but Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like. Yeah, like through the Airplane's forest the and stuff. Like, yeah. uh that is just that's one of my
1: funniest one. That's that's gotta be one of my. Yeah. Favorites. Airplane's the one where they like, uh surely you must be joking, and the guy's like, I'm not joking, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like that is. They, a there's some classic line yeah. in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Very yeah. true. Very true. Okay. Yo, yeah. people sleep on Tropic Thunder, man. That movie is amazing. Oh, I, I watched that two weeks ago. On. Yo, that yeah. movie is amazing. Tom Cruise cracks. Everybody does so
0: well in that movie. Tropic Thunder is the one with. Jack Tom Black
1: G, Ben Stiller Ben Stiller, ben Stiller, Stiller Tom Cruise Jack Ben yeah Robert Tom Downey Cruise Jr. is in Jr. Tropic
0: Thunder oh yeah, with the big the ends. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right because I was we were just watching um Robert Downey Jr's podcast on Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan yeah. and they talked about Tropic Thunder yeah. and like what he had to do in order to get into character to make that dude because you had to think he's an actor playing an actor Playing a character. Dude,
1: I have to, who is black. I have to watch that.
0: Yeah, who is black? He probably <laughs> had to go like to another level to understand Dude, that
1: one. That movie's amazing.
0: It is. Uh, okay. Tell us um, Funny Man Inc. What made you want to start doing that?
1: Um, I feel like I already touched on that, but I will. Yeah. But Again. what
0: made you want to do it?
1: Well, I, I was just like, there's no work, not enough work anyways. Like when I got into the scene and I saw how little there was, I was like, there's no... Like, is this it? Like you do the open mics, there's only so many and there's only so many paid rooms. And I started to look at it uh, from an entrepreneurial sense. I'm like, how do you make money at this?
0: Well, that's true. That's actually, I now that you mention it like that, why don't, if there's no work, why don't you help get the work for people? Yeah,
1: so, and that's kind of what I did. And then I started to notice that comedy is very political and uh, Especially in Canada, like certain people get moved up for certain reasons, and there's always a political agenda behind who gets pushed forward, right? There's always the golden child of certain things. Um, even in school, you notice that, right? Or uh, certain athletes, whatever. So I'm not one of those people, and I'm what just, makes
0: like, you not one of those people?
1: I don't know. I mean, uh, the comedy scene would tell you. Like, I still live up in Richmond Hill. Like, I would drive down to shows, and like, I, I'm. They don't view me as a guy who's grinding because I don't you know, live with the pack, uh, travel with the pack, Mm -hmm. do five shows a night, whatever. I had a different approach, Mm uh, to the game, if you will. Um, even though you're not supposed to shit on anybody who does it differently, but anyways, um, so for me, I was just like, none of this makes sense at all. There's no, there's no infrastructure. And I found no one's going to put me on, you know, so I got to put myself on or I'm not going to grow and get better and make money. I'm like, and that's, all you're doing it for, you know it's like you're doing this, you just want to make enough money so you can do what you like to do, and you know I'm just like there's no way of making that happen without either a moving or b you know joining the pack joining the pack or doing it yourself, and I found that mm-hmm. if you leave, it's just like you're you're just going to another pool with ten times more swimmers, and you're like, why would I do that if I can build my own pool and I like that that's swim cool. by myself that's, that's
0: even more entrepreneurial than it what needs to be in order to be an artist, so right. Do you have any books that you would recommend aspiring artists to read?
1: Uh I actually just read Steel Like an Artist, which I should have read 10 fucking years ago. Mm, that I don't... is a great
0: book. Yeah. By Austin Cleon. Yeah,
1: yeah. I should have read that years ago. Uh did was it you who told me to read that?
0: I don't I don't know. I maybe marked it actually.
1: Someone told me to read it and I read it and I was like, God damn. Cause dude, that's like such a huge battle. You're like, oh. They do something similar to this and you just don't want to do it at all without knowing that the way you're going to do it is going to bring a different thing to it. Anyways. I tell
0: Nikita that all the time because yeah. he's like, well, it's already been done. And yeah. I go, yeah, but no idea is original. Yeah, And you actually have to steal, but like an artist yeah, and emulate a bunch of people and turn it into your own thing. And that's yeah. how art or any idea evolves. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from that book?
1: The, literally exactly what you just said. I, I even noticed it just because you know this is the year of content for me if you will great um yeah and i'm just like oh shit! well that guy does an italian accent or that guy impersonates his grandfather or dad or this guy does rant videos and i'm just like i'm my own personality i'm my own person it's gonna come out differently whether there's some similarities the similarities are everywhere from every comedian who ever lived to now and you're just like you just got to put it out there and you just got to do it or you hear that nikita It's true, bro. Steal like an artist.
0: Nikita is a young, budding creative, so I'm trying to get him. Okay, I like that. That's cool. That's a really important book. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we wrap up here, I'm going to ask you three more things. One, um, how do people
1: find you online? At not Mark Anthony. Anything else? YouTube. You got to type in my full name, unfortunately. That's what sucks, right? Mark Anthony, it's the worst. I added you on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, having a name that, uh, someone who's already famous in show business <laughs> is quite the curse. <laughs> so, but I'm trying to use it in my advantage. Okay. Uh, so you have to type in Mark Anthony Synagoga, S-I-N-A-G-O-G-A. What are you going to do, man? I mean, I thought of a stage name, but I'm like, that's not my fucking have name. Have you really? Well, are have, some options that you're no, battling I, with? I have no, like, I never thought of anybody. People are like, you should do have a stage name. Like you're going to get killed.
0: Man. I think about that all the, all the time. My last name, Chiara Yeah. Like, how are people going to look me up? Yeah, no one knows how to spell that. Yeah, think thought about that. Kind it's of like problem. Sebastian
1: Maniscalco. Like ninety percent of people go, they're like Sebastian Mansilico, or like, and they just right. butcher his last name. Right, right. But there's only one Sebastian, so you're like, good, you know yeah. who he is. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Uh, second question. Mm-hmm. I ask this to everybody that comes on the show. Uh, we live in a world where people that take things for granted, or they use things that they don't really think too much about, such as like. I first thought about this when my friend, he's an electrician, and I, uh, you come downstairs in the morning, you flick on the light, and the light just works. Right. And you open up the fridge, and the fridge just works. Mm. And you never actually think, how the fuck does all of that work? Dude, no, not many people yeah. actually think it, right? Yeah. And what I started seeing is that other people that master different skills in different industries, such as like electricians, filmmakers. Financial planners, they know things that go on behind the scenes that other people don't know. Mm -hmm. So my last question to you is that there's something that you know with your unique skill set and life experiences that you wish other people knew. What would that be?
1: What kind of fucking question is that?
0: With a build-up like that,
1: it's a big question. Like what, what's something you would tell a young comedian starting out, something that you wish you knew when you were starting? That, that's a way better question. That's, that's the same a, question. That's not the question. It's the it's same the, type of the, question. It's the Peter
0: Thiel question. He asks this to any... <laughs> Peter really? Thiel, he's uh, one of the co-founders of PayPal, and he like, whatever, big-time investor, one of the first investors in Facebook. Mm-hmm. At every job interview, he asks, what's something that you know that other people don't know
1: that you wish like people would yeah. know? I'm leaning towards something that I feel like people know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like, I feel like I'm I'm very uh, intuitive and receptive to social energies and cues and norms and things like that, that a lot of people aren't. Like, Like, for example, em- would you
0: call yourself more empathetic then? For sure. Um, In tune.
1: Yeah. And like a lot of people are unaware of how they speak and their tone and their rhythms and like what they say. And how it comes across and you're like you're being a dick and they're just completely unaware and i'm like you know because i'm my job is to know how to say a sentence as short and quickly as possible to get across the exact amount of energy and thing that it needs to set up the next thing you know what i mean so it's like if you're saying you're a dick we could say that sentence 15 different ways and get a different reaction interesting you know know? and my sister and other people in my life that are kind of like you know that we argue, even my mother, you're like, you don't even realize how much of a fucking asshole you're being right now because you're just socially not there, you know? So I wish people paid attention to the way they speak more and knew that, you know what I mean? I Bro, that was a
0: beautiful answer to Mm -hmm. that question. One of the best ones that I've heard because it's actually true. Right? (sighs) And, but it's, but it's not their fault. It's because you have a different way of looking at the world because you're a comedian, right? You know how to read a room and like read people's faces. Yes. And like, you look
1: at people's tonality and how you say things. Yeah. Even but, like, you ever have your dad or somebody like when you go to a restaurant and the guy who like handles the orders mm-hmm. with the server and you're like, buddy, what are you doing right now? Like you're killing us. Like they're going to shit in our food. They're like, what? I just asked for water. Yeah. Right. Like right. My brother would be like four waters. And just like kind of turn back to us. I'm like, that's a human being, bro. Like, you know what I mean? And they're like, wow, fucking dick at table four. You know, and they, they're just unaware.
0: Very true. I like yeah. that. Very cool. Anyways, No, so no, it's 100%. Mark and I were talking about that the other day with Nikita yeah. when he sent a message to one of our clients and he's like, well, yeah. I said what we wanted to say. But I'm like, yeah, yeah but you didn't say it like, you like it. you didn't finesse yeah. it in a way to make yeah. sure that they didn't get that the wrong way right
1: mm, and you know what i mean typing is a whole different thing yeah because there calls, is no tonality for you there's to no manipulate. Tone, yeah. it can be interpreted in different ways people tell me i'm an asshole on typing and text and emails well, that that's happens. why i'm always like just pick up the phone and then we talk they're like i feel like i've known you for 20 years and i'm like because <laughs> i can read you and your energy here and i'm not being a dick you know all
0: right last thing we got this moment right here mm-hmm. would you like to maybe Not maybe. I'm going to make you do it. Say like a joke or a bit or one or two. This guy's a fucking
1: asshole. (laughs) You know I was going to ask you. I actually didn't. Did you write that on the show? No, I didn't. You should have known. You're you're very
0: empathetic. You Uh, should know. You should know that Anthony was going to ask me to say one
1: joke. Actually, it says your last question online. Sorry, where can people find you online? MarkAnth.com. And I think that's it, guys. We're done here. (laughs) uh, You actually want me to recite bits? One. One or... But all my shit are like stories. What about a
0: funny observation? So
1: why don't you tell us a story then? Do you want me to tell you a story? Uh, We got we got five minutes here. Okay, Uh, let me think of something here. I'm actually (laughs) let me go into the archive. Did I tell you were there when I told the stabbing story from Alberta?
0: Stabbing story from Alberta. I liked also the getting good like getting good bites to eat around. Bite to eat when you're traveling. No. The concierge.
1: No, I don't remember I that.
0: I don't want to tell the joke. They go I know, to I, I don't. I honestly, How do you not remember? I don't that?
1: remember that. I asked the concierge where to eat,
0: and they were telling you a whole bunch of great places. Oh
1: right, know. yeah, 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 yeah. But those didn't really turn into bits. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what I was telling him, I'll tell you a few. Whatever, and then sure. you stop me when we need to stop. Yeah. Um, I was at. I was in Halifax, and I did road gigs in uh saint john's you been to saint john's
0: not but a, a buddy of mine has uh played hockey there and he's told me all about it
1: yeah saint john's new brunswick uh hands down most uncultured place in the world uh so i'm in this hotel and i asked the concierge i'm like where's a good place to eat first i'm watching him tell other people where to eat and it was the word i'm like this can't be real maybe he's judging the demographic because it was like two very very old fat like white people and uh you know like a berry and a, like a marianne you know what i mean like those kinds of you know, <laughs> really white like farmer's market people and uh he goes she sorry she's like where's a place to get a really good steak around here and he's like i gotta tell you guys you see that building over there just past that a montana's opened up best steakhouse in town and I'm like, did I just fucking hear this guy say Montana's right now? And I asked him, I'm like, hey, man, is there any good food around here? Like, what's a very good, notable restaurant? Like, if you were to tell me, hey, you got to eat here before you leave. This guy goes, brother, you want some good pasta meatballs? Eastside Mario's. <laughs> I swear to God. Goes Eastside Mario's. Yeah, but where were you? Look where you That's were. That's right. I Saint John, New Brunswick. Like, I was like, you got. I'm like, honestly, brother, I'll stick to the powdered eggs that you guys serve here in the mornings. Like, I'm just gonna fast. I'm like, you know, I couldn't believe. it. I was like Montana's and dude. I swear to God, I took a video of this. and put on my Instagram. I was in a mall parking lot, and the the comedy club was in the mall. In the mall, two dollaramas across the street, a dollarama <laughs> up the street a dollarama in my sight was four dollaramas and down the street on the left canadian dollar store i was like how shit <laughs> of a place is this where there's five fucking dollar stores that you can see from one place how did everyone a- uh accept your uh- i said that on stage and they were like oh come on and i'm like buddy <laughs> i'm like how many deals do you need like they all carry the same shit you're just like oh, fuck yeah. it, and then there was a Walmart there too. I'm like, Walmart's just a giant dollar store. <laughs> They're just like, well, fucking deals a deal. I don't know. Wow, <laughs> great. Fucking deals a deal. That's funny, man.
0: brother. Yeah. Thank you so much for thank being you, on man. the podcast. It I was a pleasure. It. Very uh, different than the usual interview that we yeah. do, but
1: gladly welcomed. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. this Until
0: next time, you got Anthony. I don't usually have something else
1: here. I'm going to cut this up. Yeah. I'm going to cut
0: this up. Until next time, (laughs) this is what they did not teach you in school. Signing off. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the wise investor. Until next time. This is what they did not teach you in school.